Subject number two of episode number three. This one is will writing and funeral preparedness. Uh, I've already covered this a couple of times, but just hearing that there's a, an actual elder that died all alone by himself, nobody to watch over him, it really made me consider talking about this again. And one of the things that um, I've been wanting to talk about for a while now is this video I saw on YouTube. It's called Eight Things That Should Not Be in Wills. And that's another thing. I kind of feel like a hypocrite because I've been telling people, you know, yeah, we need to write a will, write a will. And I haven't even done it. You know, I I, I, I was starting to pay for my um, my own funeral costs um, when I got that uh, Donald Trump money and that Joe Biden money. But then um, what ended up happening was I just kind of, well, lately I haven't really been paying paying for it, so I still got about maybe two thousand dollars left of where I want to go uh, and, and what the plan that I wanted for my, you know, just just because I don't I don't want to worry about it, you know, later on down the road, and I don't I wouldn't want my family to run around and try to collect money saying, oh yeah, this is you know for Mateo and you know we need all this money for his funeral costs you know that's just kind of stupid for me I mean with all the talks that I've been doing on the podcast you know you figure I should at least be ready for something like that so anyways um so like I said it kind of makes me a hypocrite because I haven't even done a will yet and um my only excuse is the car and I'm just trying to get that nonprofit going. So if anything, I think that's pretty good excuse. It ain't the best, but that's what I got. And so though that video, if you want to check it out on YouTube, that guy will explain it more, but I just wanted to bring it up and say that, um, for will writing, writing a will, um, like that, that, um, the elderly Navajo gentleman that passed away with nobody there for him. If he had a will, I, I think that would have been really sweet. You know, it would have really kind of hit home unlike, excuse me, unlike some of the stuff that he may have wanted and, and who, who was deserving of what he had, you know? So let's just go down this list. Um, uh, you know, so here's the main thing about wills. Uh, the reason why you'd have to get it already is because it's only read after you die. Now, there's, a, I think there was another one called a living will. I I need to research that a little bit more because I kind of spaced out what that was about. And um, so, once again, you know, wills are read after the funeral. So after someone's put away, that's when they usually, the family usually gathers and there's someone, a lawyer or whatever, you know, they'll, they'll read it over and just say, this is what so-and-so wanted so-and-so to have. And okay. But anyways, so for the first one is funeral arrangements. Do not put that in the will that had the funeral arrangement has nothing to do with the will. The funeral arrangements is something that you can do for, like I was saying, funeral preparedness, um, doing it at, or with the, uh, help of the, I don't know, the, the funeral home, whichever one is closest or whichever one you agree to. So, uh, doing funeral arrangements on a will, uh, eh, that's, that shouldn't be in there. 
And it, it makes no sense in a way because the funeral home is the one that deals with the funeral arrangements. Yeah. Okay, so number two, organ donations. That is something that you don't put in the will because like like it has been stated, wills are read after the funeral. So funeral usually means burial. And if you're buried with your organs, you know, it shouldn't say, oh, and after I die, after I'm buried, go back, dig it up and take out my organs and then donate it. And it's like, nope. So that organ donations, it should be pretty much, you know, I, I think it's common sense that, you know, you pretty much go through like the hospital or even the MVD and put that on your little license there, organ donor, you know. So funeral arrangements and organ donors, organ donations, you know, get those two out that they don't belong in the wills. Number three is who gets the individual retirement account, the IRA. I didn't know that's what that was. I was thinking it was like, it was an Irish thing, IRA. So anyways, but, um, who gets the individual retirement account? That should not be in the will either because that that thing is mostly... I, I think, if anything, that would be like a lawyer um, type of a situation uh, of who gets an individual retirement account. But um, probably the bank, you know. Um, I'm not really sure on that one, but that that's something that shouldn't be in the will either. That's, that's like a whole separate, I don't know. I, I, I would say it'd fall under the category of probate. What everybody's always talking about probate dealing with death and who gets what. Um, and then, uh, the fourth thing that should not be written in your will is life support decisions, life support decisions that, that I, the way I understand it, that goes underneath the um, power of attorney. And when um, when you give that power of attorney to somebody like a family member, you know, they they are the ones that pretty much say, OK, go ahead, pull the plug. You know, they're not going to they're not going to recover from this. They're not going to get any better. They're just getting worse. And, you know, um, there's a story about that. Uh Maybe I'll, I'll save it after this, but let's move on to number five, trust assets. So all that money stuff, once again, IRA and, um, yeah, uh, IRA and trust assets. Uh, once again, that could be either a lawyer or a bank. So that's something that, excuse me, um, you know, yeah, if you were to write it in a will, it probably really wouldn't make any sense anyways, trust assets, because when they do those uh, will readings, um, I think pretty much it's already, the will is just pretty much showing who gets the material property, um, who gets the the blankets, the, the fine China, the Van Gogh paintings, you know, all that type of stuff, valuables that could be worth money. I think, you know, for the most part, that's, that's how I would see it. But then again, I'm no, I'm no will writer. So once I get, once I write a will, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what that is. And then I'll do an update on this. So let's go keep cruising. 
assets in an LLC. So basically, if you have money from a business that really doesn't have anything to do with being in a will, I think if anything, something like that is why you have board members. And for the Clagatil Veterans Nonprofit, <laughs> I only have two board members, well, three altogether. There's myself, where I'm like the vice president slash treasurer. Then we have our secretary, and then we have our CEO, our president. Other than that, I really got nobody else. So if I were to die suddenly from, I don't know, comet falling from the earth and cracked into my skull or something, all those assets to, to the nonprofit would, well, we'll say it's an LLC. It, it would all go down pretty much to the uh, board members. And then if I'm not that, if I'm not that prepared, you know, I guess it would go through the board member, but board members, but if anything, if it, my family's involved, then I guess, you know, it would probably go to them, obviously. So that probably would be like a special paperwork that will already be designated for that. And, um, okay. So that was number six assets and LLC. So let's run down again. Number one, funeral arrangements. Number two, organ donations. Number three, who gets the IRA. Number four, life support decisions. Number five, trust assets. Number six, assets and LLC. And number seven, this was a holographic wills bequest. And what this dude meant by that was reasons for leaving things for those that helped out. So you don't need to write down, I give so-and-so this because they helped me out at this time. And I give so-and-so that because they helped me out with this that one time. That doesn't really need to be in there. You know, it, by that point, if you know you're dying or you're already prepared or you know you're going to be in a risky situation where you may not make it out alive, um, just know that um, those holographic wills, bequest, <laughs> those things, it probably wouldn't really be something that um, that you could probably, that you could put into a will only simply because those reasons for, for leaving things for those, those people that helped you out, you know, that's like a personal thing, I think, you know, and, um, so like I said, this, this elderly that passed away, if he was prepared and if he knew he was going to die and, you know, kind of got that feeling, then, um, the reasons for leaving things to those people that helped him, that would, I think that would be more like a personal thing. He would have been like, okay, look, you know, here you go. This is that time you helped me. Here you go. This is for the time, you know, uh, you know, I borrowed some money from you. I couldn't pay you back, you know, something like that. And, um, oh man, I just have this problem with this. I want to hiccup and got all snot build up. But anyways, um, so that's where, you know, there's just the holographic wills and bequest. It, it kind of sounds funny to me. That's why I keep repeating it. But, you know, that, that whole thing right there, the reasons, just do it personally, I would say. And finally, number eight, life insurance policies and annuities. So the life insurance policy, it's not going to be in the will because the will is read after you're dead <laughs> after you've passed on and been buried 
and the um, uh, the life insurance policy. That is when you're alive, life, you know, um, just trying to make sure that, you know, when you do pass away, that the money, it, I think that's the one where it, it, you, you can write down who, get, who gets the money and stuff like that. And there are stories where I heard some people say that, um, that when they, the place where they retired the company was asking him, all right, well, who is going to be in your life insurance policy? And that person is like, oh, my kids. And that company is like, oh, that's not, we can't do that. It's like, why not? Oh, it's in the policy. Well, then who the hell is supposed to get this money if I die? Oh, it's your spouse. Yeah, but we're not living together. We're divorced. We don't even like each other. We don't talk to each other anymore. Well, Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do for you, sir or ma'am. It has to go to your spouse. And that's, you know, that's a real shitty deal right there, you know. Um, but that's a story I heard. And I was like, damn, really? It's like, oh, crap. So that that's another reason why these, um, when doing these podcasts, um, I'm trying to give like the, the younger generation of men the opportunity, the advantage of having a strong foundation for a relationship because anybody, I think anybody pretty much could do a one night stand, you know, overnight hookup and all that. But to have an actual relationship, that's where I'm trying to just, you know, put out the information that I know. So hopefully the younger generation, they can learn from it and say, you know what? I, I understand what this guy's saying now. Um, yeah, I want to have a decent relationship with a woman that where she could have my kids and we can get married, but we don't have to worry about a prenuptial agreement. And if I, if I should pass away that, you know, we're still together to where she gets the money and, you know, she knows what to do with it, with the kids, you know? So there's that whole trust issue and communication again. So that's where I'm really hoping that this leads to, that type of um, mindset for a whole young, younger generation of young men that like me, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know all this. I, I learned it as I got old and, and trial and error, you know? And uh, so the other thing I was going to say about the, um, uh, was the organ donations? Oh, life support decisions. Number four, um, I have a relative who was telling me that he, he knew this one medicine man and that medicine man, he, he passed away recently. I think it was last month in December sometime. And that medicine man had told, you know, my relative that when the medicine man, uh, something happened to him, man, I think it was a sickness, an illness, some, uh, something like that. Anyways, he was on life support and the doctors were telling his wife, go ahead and pull the plug. You know, he's not going to get any better. And <clears throat> man, sorry, I had to snort like a pig. That thing was bugging me anyways. So, uh, she didn't, I, Oh, okay. She did not pull the plug. He died. Okay. All right. This is how it goes. He died and they, he was in, 
I don't know. He was in the spirit world, if you want to call it heaven, I guess. But uh, he was... Damn, I can't remember this part. But he was in the spirit world, basically. And I think he said when... Oh, let's see. Well, anyways, I'll, I'll, I don't want to try to remember word for word. But when this guy woke up, he was, he was in a... He was in a very cold place and it was dark and, um, but he could hear some people talking. So he was in one of those, uh, he was in the morgue. He was in one of those, um, little refrigerator units where they keep dead bodies. And I guess he was inside the, uh, that medicine man was inside the uh, body bag and, you know, he kind of scratched around, felt that he was in a bag and he felt the zipper and, you know, use his finger and he pulled it down and, then he realized he was in a metal place and then he started um he started fiddling around somehow he ended up opening the door and he got out and he's all naked and like purple i guess and he was like all stiff and he looked and the the morticians that were already in the morgue <laughs> they tripped out on him they're like looking at i mean you know how could you not be scared you know so from that point on he had lived another 4 years until he died recently and this time, um, his wife, uh, was about to, I think, oh, she finally pulled a plug. Okay. So without realizing that he could have probably came back, she pulled a plug. So we don't know what would have happened, but he passed away from that. And then my relative who was telling me this said the same thing also happened to him where he was in a hospital and he died uh, oh, he was in the waiting room and, you know, I guess he started feeling faint and he fell over and he stopped breathing and then they took him into the operating room or whatever. And basically he was dead for, I don't know how long. Oh, and this is where he said he was in hell and he said there was a demon there or some demons or something like that. They were grabbing him. They were yanking on his clothes or something. And then uh, he looked up and he asked for help. He said, all of a sudden, this bright light came out from the from above him, and this angel came down and it wrapped and it, the angel put its um, its forearms through his underarms and it was going to yank him up. So uh, the by that time, those demons they they kind of like they let him go and they they backed off and then that angel um, it pulled him up. As soon as it pulled him up, he opened his eyes and he was in the operating room. He had all these tubes in and out of his neck, his mouth, his nose, his lungs. He's got all these IVs. And and um, that's when his woman came over and she saw him and, you know, she started crying because he was awake and he was alive. So stuff like that, you know, that's why that um, life support decision, you know, that's that could be another... Um, subject we can go on later on down the road and you know we we got plenty plenty of time plenty of episodes to talk about things like that but um so those were the things about you know funeral preparedness um kind of mashed in with um things that shouldn't be in the wills if you're going to write a will so oh man excuse me one more time let's go over this Eight things that should not be in wills. Number one, funeral arrangements. Number two, organ donations. Number three, who gets the individual retirement account, IRA. 
Number four, life support decisions. Number five, trust assets. Number six, assets and LLC. Number seven, holographic wills slash bequest. Reasons for leaving things for those that helped out. And finally, number eight, life insurance policy slash annuities. And that's, um, and those are the things that, um, I wanted to really bring out and make sure everybody was aware of that's uh, of stuff like that. And if anything, you know, you could just say you heard it on the Mighty Pill Veteran podcast because you were the first one to bring it out, apparently. But, um, okay, other than that, um, that's going to do it for this uh, segment number two. Number three, there's going to be an interesting one biracial babies conducting spiritual ceremonies. So let's go to that one now. Thank you.